1: Oh, and welcome to the SmackDown review. I'm Adam Wilborn from What Culture, joined by one of the Deadly Boys, Michael Hanfler from What Culture, to review everything that happened on this week's episode of Friday Night SmackDown. But before we get into it, if you're a fan of this sort of thing, make sure you subscribe to What Culture Wrestling on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Amazon Music, where you get your podcasts from, for daily wrestling podcasts where we not only review SmackDown but also Men Now the show formerly known <laughs> as NXT Duplex, Oh, oh. AEW Dynamite, AEW Rampage, Pay Per Views, Premium Live Events. We have interviews, roundtable discussions, and a roundup of the week. Complete with a quiz, of course, on wrestling culture. As I said, though, joined by Michael Hanflett to review this week's episode of SmackDown, and this was the week it finally happened. I agree; it would have been cliche to put the title on Cody Rhodes at WrestleMania because this story kicks in ass.
2: Well, where do I go from there? This is my fault, listeners. This is all my fault. Adam Wilborn's attitude is all my fault. I should know this. I'm a parent. I'm an actual parent outside of this office, and I've been your dad for the better part of six (laughs) years now. I should know this. I can't believe I've made this mistake. I walked into work this morning, and uh, Wilborn came in a little bit after me. And as we normally do on a Monday, I'll have a bit of crack with Wilborn about SmackDown. Cedric might have a bit of crack with him about Rampage. (laughs) We'll maybe share bits and bobs, recommendations, that kind of thing. Typically, one way when it comes to Smackdown a Rampage <laughs> at this point. Yeah, don't wait a few it. more
1: weeks and it'll be collision. We'll be fine. But I turned to you
2: and I said, all right, well, Bomb, you know what? This week, I thought the uh, bloodline development was really quite good. And I think they honestly might have got that train back on the tracks.
1: And I mean, <laughs> folks, where's the lie?
2: After... The fucking 100 foot high qualifier of, this would be so much better if Cody Rhodes was WWE champion. Nah, so much better. The segment was really great. We're going to get into the details of it. But for God's sake, what this would be right now if Roman had nothing, if he had absolutely nothing going for him. Like, he's still, like, I'm, I'm going to try and get into it. I'm going to try and speak in um, Vegas parlance, right? <laughs> Roman Reigns, the bloodline is the casino, uh-huh. yeah? And I understand the house always wins, but then every now and then you stroll into that casino and you plonk 100 on red because you're not a big spender like me, <laughs> and then you win, and you actually win, and you get your, is it even 200 or is it like
1: 185? I have no idea, mate. because it's like the other zeros, isn't they? You don't
2: double your money, do you? Like... Should be because it's double and nothing. Right? I don't think it works quite like that. Anyway, <laughs> please
1: promise you we won't gamble in Vegas. <laughs> I
2: might try a bit. I might try, and I might fail, and I might leave. Quickly. Maybe a quick game of oh, bingo, yeah, something like that. Do, you, had, do Americans even know what that is? I hope not, because they're just better. Like they've got like better like casinos, and we've had me and Cedric have been receiving odd little tips about ways to make uh, Vegas work for us in terms of casinos, yeah. free drinks, tip the witch, all that kind of thing. We will do that. But yeah, like I get that Roman Reigns is the house and the house always wins, right? But for Vegas itself to even function, there has to be the idea and the promise of a possible victory. It has to come around every now and then so that people feel compelled to go back and to tell their friends to go and all that. Like even if the house wins ninety five percent of the time, Cody Rhodes, unlike in AW, where in that. Angle with Anthony Gogo, he was inadvertently the
1: 1%. <laughs>
2: he is the 5%. He was the one that was supposed to win. He is the reason why there is no thousand day challenge. There is no. Why is Ron not defending his title? Because the one guy that was supposed to beat him couldn't get it done. You can't just tee up. I love the guy, but you can't take up Roman Reigns versus L.A. Knight. Ooh, could L.A. Knight get yeah. it done? Could L.A. Knight get it done? No, like he wouldn't. It would be a waste of time, a waste of everybody's time. So instead, he's fighting for the tag belts. It's a really cool thing. But you know what would make the really cool thing even better? Is that if he needed those tag belts because he had nothing and he was trying to prove to the Usos that he was still worth something, that would have been really, really electrifyingly hot. Instead, we're just at the point where it's like, hey, Wilborn, I think they're fixing
1: the bloodline. Quick tangent, by the way. Go on. What if you name a new wrestler, The House? Because The House always wins. Really good. And he's but, tagged with a wall, obviously. Obviously. That's the wall, brother. <laughs> that's, the adjo- uh, that's the adjoining wall, brother. Very rare I get to say this, Michael Hamlet, but you're wrong. God. And I'll tell you for why. You've already because every
2: week since WrestleMania. this
1: week's development proves Roman needs the titles. No. For these aspects of the story. I always say, I agree, Cody probably should have won at WrestleMania. Well, maybe up until this week. Because... Slowly but surely, everyone's fallen away from Roman and desperate men do desperate things. I believe that was uh, a certain stone cold. He wasn't, he seemed to do all right, actually. <laughs> <laughs> Who said that, right? Because He's referring to when he
2: said he needed to beat The Rock, he needed to beat The Rock more than anything he could imagine. Yeah. And then he won that title because he joined it with Vincent Mann that killed the entire business. Yeah, don't know Is it. <laughs> um,
1: because. This was the week where I would have agreed with what you just said there, yeah. right up until the moment that he brushed into Solo and went, oh no. It was a great week what for the story. Done.
2: It was a great week for the story. My favorite week since WrestleMania. He's going to lose the,
1: Os- the, Us- Osos? the Usos uh, following, uh, what's it called? <laughs> Night of Champions. Night of Champions, yeah. He's, gonna, he's already losing them, basically, because he's pushing them away. And he's going to be like, it's okay, because I've got Paul and I've got Solo. Solo, if you think about it, is the only reason he's held that WWE Unified, whatever it's called, championship on two separate occasions now. Mm -hmm. So, he's clinging on to that title. He's going into SummerSlam, which will be his next title defense, if you believe, news reports. It should be against Money in the Bank winner Cody Rhodes, by the way. Um, And he's going to have no one. And that's the moment where you take it all away from him and you put it all on babyface champion Cody Rhodes. Roads because this story only works now if he does have the tile. Plus, WWEs can't have an and in it too because they're they're doing the whole uh, one thousand days we've got yeah. to it. There's a big number. There you go, job done, sort of thing. Solo was, you know, he's he's used the USOs early on in this run, and then he's gone oh, bollocks to them. Look at that giant Samoan there, the enforcer of the bloodline, mm-hmm. and now. Is the first this week's episode is the first of one can expect a series of if solo watched the show, we'd know about this, <laughs> granted, but the series of slowly moving solo, solo away or solo realizing, oh, I'm just being used here mm. and nobody uses solo Sokoa. And Paul Heyman getting his head turned by the younger, fitter, bigger, arguably version of Roman Reigns, who's not been distracted by the bright lights of Hollywood, he just loves kicking ass.
2: The thing, uh, yeah, I we disagree, obviously, on a couple of phonomenals here, but we agree predominantly on the quality of this. Latest turn the story has taken, which we'll just talk about, I guess, in a minute. Yeah. But I will say, bigger picture, I, it struck me this week how um, I still believe, obviously, a beltless Roman was better for this crumbling empire business. But seeing the four of them together, a five, yeah, five yeah. at this point. Still five of them. Seeing the five of them together this week when they were together almost made me think, well, if WWE liked... Sidgwick's compared it to keeping the NWO together past past week, yeah. and I, I get that comparison. But if keeping the belt on Roman is their version of that, I could well see them trying to drag the bloodline itself out longer, the split mm. out longer, because I think what I wanted and what you wanted are not that different. But the longer this goes on, the fact that they got past WrestleMania and yet we sit here and they're still kind of teasing things out, do they just want to tease things out forever? Like, because the chemistry of them all is still really good, it's mm. still really strong. Like, you can't advocate for Jay and Jimmy looking at the feet nervously every single week, and you can't have Solo Sokoa giving the angry stare and Paul Heyman looking scared and all the rest of it. You can't just recycle that all the time. Mm-hmm. But when Roman's been on television with them lately, just seeing the chemistry of them all of them, does sort of justify not pulling the trigger on a split just yet. Yeah. And then if that's the case, well, then when do you do anything? When does Roman lose the belts? When does Solo turn on Roman? When do the Usos finally turn on Roman? When, when do you do any of this? Because this is something that they've clearly figured out a rhythm
1: for creatively. Yeah. I, I don't know. Like well, I've got the answer for you, if you want it. Well, SummerSlam. This, week, this weekend's Night of Champions, Right. right? That's where they lose. Maybe okay. Solo gets pinned. Maybe Roman gets pinned. I don't know whether he sacrificed that. It's a mm-hmm. big thing to... Give it to Sammy, maybe. Yeah. Um, optics and wise, that's quite interesting in for, like, the United Champions. immediate world. aftermath, he loses the Usos, setting up the te- rumoured match of the Usos versus Roman Reigns and Solo Sikoa, which keeps Roman busy for money in the bank rather than a pointless title defence. We all know he's going to win. Mm-hmm. And then guess what the next pay-per-view is? SummerSlam. Yeah. It's right there. You've only got, enjoy it. Enjoy whilst we're in it, guys, because we've got well, like what, two months, two and a half months yeah. left of this. And then we can look back and say, well, that was cinema. <laughs> and that, that C tweet, by the way, after this week, this week's show, got another E. You're going to run
2: out of characters.
1: <laughs> I'm going to pay for Twitter Blue <laughs> just for this. Read more. E- 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 read, e- read less. <laughs>
2: I'll just have <laughs> a report I'll not mute you I'll just mute the letter E so all of a sudden there's virtually no tweaks. but I was like I'm, I'm just refreshing my timeline there's nothing now because I've muted the letter E this was worth it
1: this was a good idea no a good Ada. <laughs> so yeah the show opened um, with the big bloodline save yourself five minutes on a Saturday yeah. morning entrance uh, Reigns comes down to the ring the crowd are not happy to see him they're chanting you suck
2: his t-shirt does I quite like it. It's high-key goaded, but not in the... Only in a very
1: literal sense. Yes. Um, He does the whole, like, acknowledge me, shtick. But before he can say anything, Kevin Holmes and Sami Zayn are like, come on. Yeah. Got a lot of stuff to accomplish on tonight's show. (laughs) So they come out, get a great reaction. They turn off Sami's music. The crowd keeps singing it. Um, And Ray's like, oh, it's fine anyway, because I was going to bring you out. So not bothered. (laughs) 1-0 to me, actually. Um... He says, "You two, a couple of things. Number one, acknowledge me. <laughs> it's not going to happen, Roman. No. Uh, and after that, why well, you just drop your titles off and see your way out? And uh, Owens gets all fired up, and he looks like he's going to fire back with a promo. And then no, he just fancies having a bare knuckle fight then yeah. with uh, Solo Sokoa. But uh, Sammy thankfully steps in, and Roman's like, oh, yeah, fight Owens, fight.' It's all you know all you know what to do. But no, we're going to we're going to talk things out first. I've got some words I want to say to Sammy Zayn." He said, I've had a special career, said Roman. Highest of highs, lowest of lows, but one regret along the way is wasting my damn time on you, Sammy. Sammy's like, oh, interesting you say that because my only regret is not twatting you with that chair sooner. (laughs) Um, He says, the last time we were in the ring together was Elimination Chamber and I've got some things I want to get off my chest. That's wrong, it was WrestleMania. Uh, uh, um, He says, (laughs) and this is perfect encapsulation of everything, Your greed has led to this moment. Um, I've got nothing to say to you except this. Everyone told you you were the best. You've always gotten everything you wanted, but you're not getting these titles because you're not as good as me. You're not as good as Kevin Owens and you're not as good as the Usos. Roman sells this a little bit and then Mm. says, I took it easy on you. I gave you opportunities, and he looks like he's going to tear into him or set something up when here comes sliding in. Jimmy and Jay, they are still bloodlined for now. Uh, They jump Sammy and Kevin Owens. They beat him up, and they head into the ring to celebrate. And Roman is not happy about this. He is furious. He didn't tell them to do this. He says, get out of here. I'll deal with you back there. And he goes to leave, but he bumps into a statuesque, Solo, like and he doesn't know what to do he doesn't know whether to apologize or, or what and he just storms to the back. I did see some I'm gonna say it bad faith actors on Twitter saying oh where this where's this come from? I'll turn it in mate watch the story. I don't have time for bad faith actors, but I don't have time for bad actors either, which is why a little bit of Roman Reigns' (laughs) performance at the end was a bit much. My favourite is, it has to be a subtle shoulder thing and that he just quickly checks. Or just lean into you. It's like when a player's looking for a penalty.
2: It couldn't be heavier handed if you'd have added 50 pound weights to one of his golden Roman Reigns gloves. (laughs) Like, it was good though. Like, in spite, I'm taking the piss of it there, but I'm being flippant because it's pro wrestling and, like, it isn't cinema. This is the point. Like, just because it can be really entertaining. The best version of itself can make you feel like when you're watching it on television, you're watching your favorite TV drama or comedy just because it is that. It also does still have to paint in quite broad strokes sometimes. And I didn't... My sensibilities weren't offended by that even though, like I say, some of the acting with the solo bit was cheesy because it absolutely wasn't with the Sammy stuff. Roman's reacting was tremendous yeah. during Sammy Zane's bit. Um, The idea that... Well, two things really. The idea that um, Sammy can willingly say, um, you know, me and Kevin are better than you. To Roman Reigns, the guy that theoretically is the god of all of this, you know, he's got a goat on his t-shirt. <laughs> and yes, that and Kevin can believe themselves to be better. Really does show you, like, how... Empowered Sammy and Kevin are allowed to be his baby faces, which is really important because we did say after WrestleMania, the worst thing you could do is like
1: other them and make them just make harder. Yeah. And they it was if, worryingly going, yeah, so think, he- heading in that direction up until I'd say raw last week.
2: They've been in this like real high level, high stakes story, and then just because they've got the victory, it doesn't justify just. Bringing them into the mid card and ignoring it all forever. So I thought this was a really nice way to approach that. Sammy's saying, Yeah, I know they were in the ring at WrestleMania, but it's reasonable to say we haven't come to eye like this since Elimination Chamber. Mm-hmm. And I've I've wanted, to, you know, I've kept really quiet about this. <laughs> uh, you know, like he sort of wants to have that speech and he does, but he's brave enough to do it because he's in, he's got his best friend with him. They've got the belts. There's no reason why he shouldn't feel empowered to say that. Yeah. He doesn't fear Roman Reigns anymore, and that's great because who still does? Jimmy and Jay, specifically Jay. And all along, Sammy's really wanted to get through to Jay, and they've fought, and now, you know, like, it's not like they haven't laid hands on each other now, but he wants to believe that Jay is backstage still listening and hearing those words, so that's really good. But then he's used the Usos. he's weaponized what he knows Roman thinks of the Usos to get to him, and Roman's reaction to that was spectacular, because the idea that Roman would sell it, not by being offended on behalf of his cousins, but be offended by the comparison to them. It was so cruel. Yeah. What a dick. Roman Reigns is a dick. He's a f***ing dick, right? <laughs> and I just thought it was so well illustrated, and not least when the Usos then immediately run out to try and make the
1: save. And Jimmy he, sold that brilliantly as well. When he gets in the ring, he's like, hey, our yeah. vibes are all round. Punished for it. Like, his face has
2: chastised them. When they've come to help him, his gratitude has been nowhere to be found. Just absolute... Maidenless behavior, mm. as the kids on Twitter would say, from the supposed head of the table, the tribal chief, whatever. And I'll, th- I like I say, that was where I found myself really drawn back in. And we said it when it was booked; it is a biggie. It's one at Night of Champions. Feels like I don't want to compare it to like where we were all at in the run up to the Royal Rumble and like this Kevin Owens match where something had to give, but something does have to give with the result mm. here. You either, Christ Almighty, put the belts on Roman and Solo and. Like that bloodline segment is Roman, like you know that one where Homer's made of solid gold, <laughs> his entire body is gold, and he's still wearing crowns and jewelry and laughing that's Roman reigns, or as you say, finally him or solo is taking an L, and that can't be tolerated, you know, like that can't be acceptable, and it's even if it's Roman that gets pinned it's solo that's the one that's going to take their like the verbal. Uh, grief for it or just however it plays out now that match has
1: enormous ramifications yeah. and I thought this this segment played with that really well I'd say it's probably the biggest thing uh, for this coming weekend wouldn't you no oh yeah sorry NXT battleground you're grounded battlegrounded then, Fi- finally we're back on the same
2: page yeah.
1: I was a bit worried. Oh, Double or Nothing's happening this weekend.
2: Oh, yeah. And we're going to be there. <laughs> yeah. Myself and Michael Sidgwick will be in Las Vegas from late Tuesday night. If you're making the trip to either of the AEW shows, and if you're not, I mean, they could do with it. So, like, <laughs> come and find us in... Well, I've seen the numbers. I'm, I can't wait for the shows, but I'm being Billy Balance about this. Like, if you're in Vegas, come and find us by all means. We'll, uh, we'll have a chat. We'll um, maybe even... This is just a, a little idea that we're cooking up. Maybe even you will find your way onto a What Culture video. I'm doing a chin-stroking emoji, but we'll leave that one because that might not come to fruition. (laughs) But it'd be lovely to meet you anyway. But yeah, we'll be there for Dynamite as well. Dynamite and, um, well, and Rampage on a technicality and then Double or Nothing itself. (laughs) Um, So we'll be kicking around trying not to get into trouble in Las Vegas. Trying not to get into trouble, simultaneously trying to get Simon Miller into trouble. Yeah. What adventures can we find for him? (laughs) the, The nicest man on earth in literal Sin City. What
1: can we do there? Um, Anyway, after the break, we're in the Bloodlines locker room and uh, Roman's just furious still. Why are you running random plays, he says. I had things I wanted to say. He sounded so pathetic. I had things I wanted to get off my chest.
2: uh, uh, David
1: Brent in the office Christmas special. I'm an anecdotalist.
2: You know, I should be on Parkinson.
1: (laughs) Um, I've kept you in the promised land. I make the choices. You can get out. And obviously they've got the match with the LWO later. Oh, my word. Since, well, I suppose Mania and... Did they have a title rematch? Yeah. Yeah. On TV, yeah. I've never wanted the Usos to lose more recently than, than this Mania. event. came
2: really good, that, didn't it?
1: Um, what came next I felt a bit bad for? Because mm. I hate to see when someone puts their heart and soul into a job and then just to through, you know, luck or unluck or unl- being unlucky or circumstances or whatever, it's utterly pointless. WWE recently released a video called The 25 Greatest Debuts, and that's completely pointless now because they've had two of the best (laughs) in the last two weeks. Cameron Grimes last week, and pretty deadly. Yes, boy! This week, um, quite rightly, earning the plaudits on Twitter, being compared to early days Edge and Christian Mm -hmm. here. Yep. Uh, they were facing, of course, uh, Butch and Rich Bloody Holland uh, of the Brawl in Brutes. Uh, before we get to the match, I think after the Brutes had made their entrance, there was a little <laughs> skit of them in a kitchen, which only people like Pretty Deadly can pull off. Um, they are going over the ingredients for Friday night's two tastiest snacks. Um, and the uh, ingredients include charisma, unrivaled tag team ingenuity, a dash of good looks, but most importantly, both of them. Kit Wilson <laughs> and Elton Prince. This is tremendous. Like you said it yourself there, um, they've
2: got what it takes here in WWE because of this. Mm. Haven't they? Like they not, only, they not only survive this type of creative, they thrive when given it. I want to like, take a shot of them doing kitchen shtick and then just sort of like earnestly caption it with, this is professional wrestling. <laughs> because it's obviously not, but it's very much WWE's version of it. And it also doesn't, you might think it does, but it doesn't typecast you. These are comedic heels right now. And already, they were so charming with it in NXT that there was the whispers of a baby face. Yeah. Them. Certainly when they were positioned against Gallus, there was one team that was likeable and one that wasn't. <laughs> like, this stuff will eventually become, like, so popular that they become undeniable. Yeah. And that, like, this system doesn't favour many, but it favours that, mm. that trajectory. And I got such a good feeling coming out of this show for Pretty Deadly. And I feel like it's important to praise that because I have a very, very depressing contrast later on in the show. Okay. Um, by comparison. But this, to your point, was another... Like, home run debut for characters coming up from NXT. Yeah,
1: I saw some people saying, oh, I didn't get a great reaction in the arena. Yeah, because no one watches NXT. But yeah. you've established to that audience and to the watching audience, these are arseholes. This was an elevator pitch, wasn't it? And my word, I could, you know, when I saw who they were put up against, I was like, okay, perfect. Mm. You couldn't have asked for better opponents, especially because the match starts and immediately, pretty deadly, do their little, you know, finger-waving Scott Hall stuff. Yeah. And Butch obviously stamps on them straight <laughs> away. Um, Ridge Holland comes in. My word, he he looks great. Mm-hmm. Um, it, uh, I think it was Elton Prince got a bit bloodied in this seg- in this sequence. I have no idea how, but it looked okay. Um, Prince got hit with a shotgun drop kick from Butch. Uh, Holland suplexes him. Kit Wilson got a blind tag, and they take Holland down together. Um, eventually, we go to a break. I think after the bit where you see Elton Prince, welcome to the main roster. Yeah, it hurts up here. (laughs) Um, They hit that leg drop splash combination, get a two count on Holland, uh, who eventually gets over, gets the hot tag to Butch. Um, Holland's got uh, Wilson on his back, and Butch manages to take out both of Pretty Deadly. Mm -hmm. Um, And uh, they land stereo 10 beats of the bodron to both members. And I thought, oh, no, because Sheamus was on commentary here. I was like, are you going to beat them their first night out? And then Elton Prince just stole the show for me here. So he's in the 10 beats of the He's done the, the, I always think of Andre, obviously, tied yeah. up in the ropes. Mm-hmm. Um, but the sent off the finisher of the Brawling Brutes, Kit Wilson shoves uh, Ridge into the corner, into Butch. That knocks Butch, takes him out of it. Whilst he's doing that, and the referee's distracted with, oh, God, Butch, are you all right? Elton Prince gets himself out of the ropes mm-hmm. via the sort of bump because he hits the he hits the turnbuckle and what have you. They hit spilt milk on Ridge Holland, who's I think carrying or uh, trying to to hit a move on on Kit Wilson at yeah. this point. They hit him with spilt milk, and Elton Prince genius staggers back and puts himself back in the ropes. You'd be like, oh ref, I haven't. Help done anything? I would, I would probably be in my corner and just abide by the rules on blue side up. Yeah, here. one, two, three, a mwah, delicious debut for Pretty Deadly.
2: Very nice. I know somebody that wouldn't think that was very nice, but I thought that was very nice. I am, um, I was really impressed with the elegance of this finish. I am glad. Yeah, you, that was like you did a really good job of laying that out because I assumed like the truth was pretty the disturbing truth, the real reason about Pretty Deadly, right? Is that like there's so much fun. The takeaway from this show is absolutely supposed to be the skit. Yeah. Right? The matches, they're, ne- they're never bad. No. Like, they're a proper, like, great fundamentals, especially compared to some of the drops coming out of that performance centre. Like, they don't have bad matches. Mm. But the, tr- the trick to the excitement comes when either they're defending the titles or when the stakes feel high. Yeah. So, for example, they were tag team champions in NXT, so their matches mattered more for a bit. Then when they weren't champions, they were fighting to literally save their lives against Tony D and <laughs> So it was like, well, this or you die. So the stakes are pretty high. And that'll come. That will definitely, definitely come for, like, uh, pretty deadly on the main roster within months. They'll be in tag title conversations. You could absolutely position them against Zayn and Owens tomorrow. Yeah. And that would be a hot match and a cool feud. And they could win. And it'd be like, I can't believe the banana skin, they wear the belts. And then it's who can take them off them. But this finish... I think was in a like yeah. a really earnest attempt to leave you with something memorable about how wily they can be. Yeah, because they they they'll cheat a little bit. They'll try and like color just outside the lines, but they're not vicious particularly. No,
1: they're not. At the revival.
2: No, they can be drawn into it, but not really. So this I thought was such a perfect illustration of it because the match was never going to be one of them ones we talk about. this a lot now. Good wrestling is everywhere. Great wrestling is quite common. So how do you? Get through the week being memorable. How would you stand a chance of one of the talking points in your matches or one of the spots even being something that people remember seven days later? And in terms of a debut, this was the way to do it. And I had a lot of admiration for the agent and of that because otherwise this was just fine. And it's going to be halfway through. I'm already thinking in my head, the kitchen stuff's what I'm going to remember to talk about. And good for them. A good first week. The finish elevated it to something more. Very impressive.
1: A try. It's entirely online, designed to be convenient, flexible, and best of all, suited to your schedule. Get it off your chest with BetterHelp. Visit betterhelp.com slash whatculture today to get 10% off your first month. That's betterhelp, hel pcom slash whatculture. Uh, we had a lovely tribute video for superstar Billy Graham, who unfortunately we of course lost last week. Uh, and then it was time for Zelina Vega versus Asuka. I like the fact that they tried to maintain uh, Vega's momentum by mm. uh, referencing how over she was, obviously, at Backlash in Puerto Rico. Um, but we all knew what this was going to be with Asuka fighting for the title in just a, a few days' time. Um, Vega, early on, actually, set up for the six-one-nine, but Asuka moved and just dropped her on the announce table on the outside to take us to a break. We come back, Vega fires back up. Uh, hits a basement dropkick, gets Asker in position for another 6 9 Hits it this time and hits her with the Meteora. Only gets a two, though. They trade pinning combinations, but Asker suddenly snatches her out of nowhere, puts her in the Asker lock and gets the submission victory. Post-match, she's insane. She won't break it. Who runs down but the world champion, Bianca Belair? But it was all a ruse to try and miss her again. This time, though, Asker doesn't quite hit the target.
2: Yeah, it was all right. I love Zelina Vega in theory, but I think sometimes the matches... Like, her push was obviously situational for Backlash and 100% the right call, mm-hmm. by the way. But um, I think sometimes she's so good with her character and she feels very believable, and especially this, like, LWO run at the moment. You can see, like, she's wearing a heart on her sleeve and I think that passion goes a long, long way, but then the matches are a little bit toast, mm. and Asuka, like snatching it, it it at least illustrated the gulf in class between them mm-hmm. in like a kayfabe way yeah which is fine because Asuka's fighting for the title as this newly regenerated heel but i kind of saw it in reality a little bit as well um i don't know like zelina vega is a lower card baby face that is constantly developing a character is no bad thing because she'll she's gotten people over before mm-hmm. like she's gotten like the wrestlers she manages let alone her opponents so I have no doubt that she can continue to get herself over. But I don't know, just the
1: in-ring wasn't quite up to scratch here. It's
2: fine. Asuka was dominant in victory, which is what she's supposed to be. So it worked for the story.
1: I'd say the most disappointing thing about SmackDown came next. Um, and that's probably on us from our experience of this in NXT, because it was the Grayson Waller effect mm. um, with AJ Styles. Obviously, AJ fighting for the inaugural uh, World Heavyweight yeah. Championship and United Champions against Seth Rollins. Um and Waller, he, he, they upped the standards a little bit. He had the TV screen in his desk now, yeah. rather than just a little graphic on the screen that only ever focused on Grayson Waller's face, and he had the little <laughs> ticker with all the, let's be honest, invented tweets yep. um, that and messages that that Grayson had received. He talks about AJ Styles. He brings him out. Um, he talks about the fact they've had some history in NXT as well. Um, and then he puts Styles over. You're a first ballot Hall of Famer. Yeah. Um, what would winning this World Heavyweight Championship mean to you? And Styles talks about his injuries and the latest injury uh, being the longest ever of his career. He's been trading harder than ever for his comeback. He needs this World Heavyweight title more than air to breathe. Um, meanwhile, Sethron's on a movie set, but, you know, AJ's not going to go 2 foot here. He says, good for him, but you better be ready because I am. And Waller's like, well, we all can't wait for it. Shill for the pay-per-view, but put him my event or whatever you want to call it. Uh, it's going to be an instant classic, but... The best bit, and this was the final glimpse that we got of the Grayson What I want to see on the main roster. He says, Mike Rome, take note. I can't wait for the end of the night where he's gonna some the announcer's gonna be there saying, And new world heavyweight champion, Seth Rollins. And AJ's pissed off because he didn't expect that because they were talking about how bloody great he was. Uh, and they have a little stare down. And I thought, great, perfect setup for a match next week. And then even that's not happening next week. I I don't know what's going on here. I don't know whether they were cut for time or what, but this wasn't the Grayson Waller, uh, and through no fault of his own, that I was hoping to see on the main roster.
2: Not at all. I am, you know, maybe we should be a bit more patient and let it play out. But I thought this was a bit of a disaster, quite honestly. Um, Based on our expectations, and, you know, we talked him up in the preview. Yeah. And it wasn't out of our very obvious and apparent personal biases to nxt (laughs) it was because we've seen him be great in this role over and over and over again really like one of the mr consistence of nxt truthfully since Mm. he's arrived um and i just can't fathom how they got this as wrong as they did i think i know what they were trying to do i think the idea was that they've had many years of somebody getting called up from nxt and then you see the character as they are right now, whereas we've seen the character get built on the next team. Mm. So, for example, we saw Grayson and Wallet and we actually met him Not he was very obnoxious. Yes, but he was he had three gimmicks to go before he arrived at this (laughs) one he's playing right now. Right, he was an extreme sports guy. He was a pickup artist. He was all sorts of other stuff, and then finally that kind of uh, like MMA a bit as well, boxer or something. Yeah, we landed on just arrogant arsehole in the end. (laughs) Like he likes these sports and these activities and hobbies because he thinks he's brilliant at everything. And as we said before, gimmicks sell t-shirts, character sell tickets, and the character was arsehole. Finally, they nailed down the character. But you could have illustrated that without needing to go all the way back to the very beginning. Yeah. This wasn't like a time machine thing. And yet for 90% of this, yeah. it was Grayson Waller playing like a straight-up interviewer. AJ Styles thinking, oh, I'm really grateful I've been in, uh, brought on to this episode of Panorama to discuss my chances of winning the World Heavyweight Championship. Like, and I mean, folks, where's the character? Because <laughs> he was nowhere to be seen until the, yeah. the last little, like, twist at the end and as we sort of alluded to on the preview of all people because it's one thing if the audience don't know Grayson Waller is if they don't watch NXT it's one thing for the commentary team for in kayfabe the superstars of WWE to not have time in their schedule to watch NXT because they're busy traveling the world whatever AJ Styles should he's a former guest of the Grayson Waller effect on NXT and a former uh rival of his for a mini program, that have all the people, yeah. he was on so I remember you, you complete arsehole that I had a brief NXT stint with. So that was a... Like, where was AJ Styles being saying, what's going on here? Like, I know... Do you not remember our little back and forth from a few months back? I know what you're, you're all about. Come on, then. Hit me with your Seth Rollins joke, and then we'll get to the real nitty-gritty. And maybe I'll hit you, but not with a joke. With my gloves that have my name on them. Like, uh, <laughs> I just... I couldn't fathom it, and it, like, the production seemed off from the start, so it felt a little bit botchy, and mm-hmm. Waller didn't seem to have that confidence and panache, perhaps because he knew he was de- delivering mm-hmm. softball material. Loads of time, let it play out. Huge, huge disappointment in this. It, it looked great as well. The initial shot of the like
1: sexed-up main roster yeah. Grace Waller effect, looked the like business, and it just fell apart from there. And skipping ahead, like I said, they're not fighting next week, which is, I suppose makes some sense, because AJ Styles can't lose just before the pape, and you don't (laughs) want your heel to debut and immediately lose. Unless the name apparently is Carrying Cross, um, (laughs) which ironically is the guy who is facing AJ Styles next week. Justice is blind, he said. Um, He has no idea. I'm stalking it. And then he says, you have got no idea, do you? Alan. (gasps) He's fighting Alan Shearer. (laughs) He's fighting AJ Styles, as revealed by tarot card.
2: I was going to say, like... I would want to watch Karen Cross versus Alan Shearer, but you couldn't put two people in a room that I'd want to watch less. Yeah. Actually, so,
1: well, I, when I saw this video, I thought, "Oh, that's interesting." So they're setting something up, and either he's going to cost AJ Styles at the paper, and I really hope that doesn't happen, or in the immediate aftermath, oh bloody hell! I was hoping to you know use this momentum to go into a, some sort of title feud, but no, oh, I'm going to fight. But no, they're just blowing that off next week. Yeah. TV feud.
2: Karen Cross exists now to be like I would say he's a gatekeeping heel. But, like, what gate, exactly? Like, Nakamura beat him. To what end? Nothing. Just wrestling the Miz on Raw. AJ Styles is getting his title shot with... Like, he says, "Uh, I'm going to stop you uh, fighting for the title. You're not. Like, we'll fight, and you might even win. Does that affect my trajectory? Not at all.
1: Like, so, I I don't even think gatekeepers are accurate. It's one of those ones where it's like a gate. You've seen those photos where it's like a gate on a public path in the country, but there's just fields either side, so you can just walk around it. So, hang on. It's AJ
2: Styles versus the style keeper. <laughs> yeah, not, he's, not, he's, he's a milk monitor. Like, he does have that role on SmackDown, mm. but it's only because
1: nobody else really wants to take it. Uh, LWO backstage. Um, I was milk monitor once, I think. But yeah.
2: Yeah, like, school milk was going out of style in the UK, thanks to Margaret Thatcher um, wanting to stop children having nourishing healthy drinks in school. But I remember doing it once, and... It was you did get extra milk, so there was uh, there was you know it was white gold at the end of them aisles. <laughs> but you, yeah, your reputation is sullied after the fact. that you get you free with any of the out of that. <laughs> <laughs> uh,
1: anyway, Rey Mysterio says the U shows are going to find out what happens when they mess with the L W O because they're trying to get that. Oh, yeah, <laughs> trying to get that chant over. Uh, yes, yeah, speaking of which, he came next. It was the Street Profits in action against. The team that Rick Boogs insisted on calling the Boogalicious Knights. Guys, it's right there. Is it though? Like are they Because like, we got tweeted this and
2: I'm assuming you, like me, read that and kicked yourself because yeah. uh, we should have been across this. Apologies to the listeners. Unprofessional. Yeah. Like, I, I think I'm more motivated to come up with puns when Sidg is in with us because he absolutely hates oh, them. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But you're a man that, like, could find a pun in an empty, wordless room. <laughs> so, like, between us, I'm, I feel like we failed our listenership there. But did we? Because were WWE too scared of the copyright heat here? Maybe. The Boogalicious Nights. You love Rick Boogs.
1: Yeah. And I thought he looked incredible here. And I also like the way they set this team up because <laughs> the, the fact that they formed and split on the same night is quite funny. <laughs> yeah. uh-huh. um, and the fact that L.A. Yeah. Got yet again a great reaction and said, um, I want gold and I could beat the Street Profits with literally anybody. So I've got this bell end Mm -hmm. to come and help me. Rick Boots is great, obviously. Um, Also shout out to, well, shout out to both members of the Street Profits as always. Um, Montez Ford, blowing up his chest (laughs) to start the match looked great. And yeah, if they... Do this right, they've got a hell of a star in Rick Boogs as well. Mm. Sorry, in Rick Boogs. Because, for yeah, bench pressing Montez <laughs> Ford ten times is still impressive to me. I'm still that wrestling fan that fell in love with the tassels and stuff mm. when I first started watching it at heart. And then Angelo Dawkins comes in, and Angelo Dawkins is bigger. So you're like, okay, what are you going to do here? Please be careful of blowing out your knee again, yep. like you did against the Usos at WrestleMania. And instead, he hits curls with Angelo Dawkins. And when LA Knight's like, right, enough of that, time for me, who was the one who really hit that big shoulder tackle on Angelo Dawkins? It was Rick Boogs. Yeah, it was Boogs. So LA Knight takes control on Dawkins, hits a leaping elbow, gets a two count. Boogs tags himself back in, and they argue a little bit. That allows um, Montez Ford to get the tag in and hit a crossbody on Boogs and Knight. Uh, They're on the outside now, and Ford hits a senton onto them both. Um... It's gets a frog splash on Boogs and gets the one, two, three. But it was about the post-match here. LA Knight lifts him up, hugs him, raises his hand. Uh, what a bloody good effort from this guy. Bollocks to you, though. Blunt force trauma. KOs him. Um, and, well, before we get to the next segment, I do want to remember Michael Cole's line. It could be worse. You uh, could be Baron Corbin, which I thought Aww. was a brilliant... Switching gears from Michael Cole, so I've got to give him credit there. But, yeah, what did you make of the beginning and the end of the Boogalicious Nights?
2: Pretty much as we would have wanted. I think the team were always better existing to be split up as soon as possible. I think I'd pitched for the LA Knight just drops off the apron. But, like, this idea that he thought, right, sod it, I'll give this a go, and then saw what was in front of him and realised, you know what, he could actually be a useful partner, but we've lost, so forget about it. That's very LA Knight, And, ultimately, the Street Profits... A vastly superior team. So if you were going to try and tell the story while putting Boogs and Knight over, it probably wouldn't have worked. So the defeat hasn't hurt them in the slightest. The split was entertaining. The match will be fine. Um, LA Knight like charges forward. I think that's the reality. Like he's going to probably beat Rick Boogs, and he's going to feel like a heel because Boogs is so likable. But the fans are are going to refuse to accept him as an out and out heel because yeah. he's
1: just so popular. Like that train is going nowhere. I'm just glad he's being used on SmackDown. Yeah, that bit after WrestleMania, like. Where is he? Mm-hmm. Um, so, yeah, Michael does that brilliant uh, transition. Oh, it could be worse. You could be Baron Corbin. We see Cameron Grimes squashing Baron Corbin in almost record time last week. Uh, and then Megan Moran's chatting to Cameron Grimes backstage. He says, being on SmackDown feels like I'm living the dream. I got one of the fastest victories ever, and I'm determined to go straight to the top. And I was like, what did you just say? <laughs> but thankfully, he says, actually, let's uh, shun that up. No, he didn't say that. He said, actually, I want to go straight to the moon. I love him. There you go. Uh, like, to the to the point
2: about Grayson Waller, just reintroducing the catchphrase as a, almost with a little bit of its own
1: law, just in case people don't know. And people did like that catchphrase a lot. This was good. Grimes is in good health. Yeah. Then we got the Karen Cross stuff, and then we got the NXT Women's Tag Team Champions, mm. uh, Alba Fire and Isla Dawn, uh, in a very brief squash match against uh, Valentina Ferroz and Ulyssa Leon, who we've seen work with them in previous uh, occasions, down in NXT. Straightforward squash match here, um, but good performance from Fire and Dawn, and that finisher there is the sort of gory bomb downward spiral, or whatever you want to call it. Looks awesome. It was like 60 seconds this match, but it was all they needed.
2: Alright, nothing to the match. The belt situation
1: gets <laughs> no even
2: idea. even weirder now that like what's happened with Raquel and Liv is what's happened with Raquel and Liv. Yeah. Like, there's a lot of problems with the belts. Just don't do a
1: belt swap with Bianca and Rhea, for God's sake.
2: No, but this women's division needs some like serious admin done yeah. on the title pictures because what the frig's happening with (laughs) 95% of all the titles? Mm. No, no, all of them. Like, they're all in a state of detritus right now because of where they should or shouldn't be, what Mm. show they should be on, and obviously, you know, the vacancy, the unexpected vacancy.
1: Yeah, speaking of which, yeah, they have immediately followed that by talking about um, Liv and Raquel Rodriguez. Uh, Due to Liv Morgan's injury in that match with uh, Bailey and Dakota Mm. last week, uh, they're going to have to relinquish the world tag titles, uh, the women's tag titles, I should say, sorry, um, and then on Raw, which we will, of course, preview later on today, there's going to be a fatal four-way, which Rodriguez is going to be a part of. She just has to find a new partner. Um, but the champions are probably in that match, and yeah. it's not Raquel and whoever she finds to tag with. But we'll talk about that later. Um, in the back, hey, Kayla! Um, catches up with Raquel. Uh, she puts over Liv Morgan. She says she won't give up, though. Uh, and in comes Bailey and Io Sky. Um, to uh, say that uh, actually Dakota Kai's injury last week was worse and more heartbreaking, if anything. <laughs> um, but if she can find a partner, they'll wrestle next week. Well, get well, Liv
2: Morgan, and yeah. uh, get well, Dakota Kai as well. I don't know, was that like a worked injury to put over this current thing with these two? Possibly. Bailey was wearing a Dakota Kai T-shirt, which was either a show of support because she is injured or a nice character choice because clearly the damaged Kataral split will come as a result in the divide mm-hmm. between her and Eoskai. Yet again, more little passing negs from Bailey about Eoskai, more eye rolls from Eoskai. That split feels imminent, and then yeah. it's like, well, which side does yeah. it take? Not, I don't hear that, actually, as a way to bring this stable to its much-needed end. And I, five-way presumably finishes the story that they would have told with Ronda and Shayna already had they not had to... Put that on ice. Yeah, exactly.
1: Sad, though. Sad for Liv Morgan. Yeah, that's awful um, for that to happen. I think they probably wouldn't have been tagged champions for much longer anyway, but always a shame. It was a good act. Yeah. It was a fun act. Um, Austin Theory comes out. He uh, got a typical Austin Theory reaction. He wanted wanted respect, though, after all the legends he's bodied. Uh, And then he talks about last week getting ganged up on by two former champions. He says, I think Bobby Lashley... Might be obsessed with me. Uh, And he says, I don't get why Seamus is so flippin' angry. Um, We've got so much in common. We're both tough. We're both strong. We both beat John Cena. Good one. Uh, Although Seamus did that 12 years ago when I was like, I don't know, 10 or something. (laughs) Um, This, of course, brings out Seamus. And I was looking at my clock going, I really don't want this to go on too long because I want to get plenty of time for the LWO and the Usos. But thankfully, Seamus apparently heard me because he went to cut (laughs) a promo and then immediately just bro-kicked theory um, and did the old mic drop. Good. Nice new theory for, nice new um, program for Theory and Sheamus.
2: Much needed uh, livener for the pair of them. Yeah. Sheamus competing for the United States title just does not have the juice of the IC title because he's had it, you know, but like I think as a, there's a, a better example of a gatekeeper. Theory may never get over to the extent WWE want him to, but matches with Sheamus and they're potentially winning this program. Yeah, Considering what Sheamus has done on SmackDown over the last couple of years, that's
1: Getting past a gatekeeper, yeah. definitely. Definitely. Um, before the main event, we go to the back. Um, Paul Heyman's gone into the Usos' dressing room. He says, "Look, don't worry, Roman forgives you." Uh, and they're like, "Oh, cool. Will he be out there for our match later?" And he's like, "No, <laughs> <laughs> he's got um, tribal chief stuff yeah. to do." Um, but he says, "Hey, you got a lot. We got a lot to plan. It's the thousand-day celebration for Roman Reigns." Um, you and, uh, are you and are doing a SmackDown preview thing? We, I'll yes. be in a field, everyone, on my friend Stag do.
2: We will be doing Is this, now, was this celebration, bef- like, for the taped show next week, which I haven't read the results of, but was it for that show or was it for the one after Night of Champions? I feel like there's a Cause that would KO amount. show maybe
1: next week or something, isn't there? Yeah,
2: so it's coming after Night of Champions, which is great because it means Roman's going to be on the show and he has to immediately, we'll see the fallout of whatever's happened at Night of Champions. That's right, isn't it? I think so. Yeah. Um, um, but yes we will be previewing this week Smackdown we're going, in, we're going in spoiler free And possibly Doing something else around Smackdown I'm offering a lot of like half-baked teasers Because we don't know until we no, get out there. there But it will be very, neat, at very least nice to watch Smackdown At a normal time Like because in Vegas it'll be on at like 6 o'clock at night Or
1: something like that oh, Of course, Wheel of Fortune with our tea
2: <laughs> Eat trays, watch in front of the telly And then watch Smackdown
1: um, And uh, Paul Heyman goes Guys it's just the LWO You've got it, haven't you? Mm. Just make sure that's a... Not a prediction, that's a spoiler. Yeah, yeah. And so we got the main event, the LWO versus the Usos. Um, this was just a load of fun and mm. given plenty of time, quite rightly. Um, I d- also, new favourite thing, Santos Escobar's little whistle. I won't do it now because it'll ruin people's ears who's wearing headphones. Oh, yeah. It's a bit where they sent the Usos to the outside. Ray jumped on Santos's shoulders and I thought, hello. <laughs> and he just does the whistle. So cool. Yeah. Um, we LWO
2: is th- like a runaway success. Yeah. I d- I
1: like nothing but respect for how they've assembled this whole thing. Uh, Reigns and Sakura shown watching the match on a TV with Heyman backstage. Yeah. Um, they come back. Usos are in control, but they've isolated uh, Santos Escobar. He keeps trying to get to the corner and getting cut off. Finally gets the hot tag to Rey Mysterio. Uh, Jay comes in at the same time. Mysterio hits a springboard crossbody, gets a near count, uh, a near near fall, even a two count. Um, Jay kicks Mysterio. Mysterio responds with a destroyer and another two count. Jimmy interferes. Jay hits a great like pop-up neckbreaker mm. uh, for a good near fall again. Um... Ray sends the Usos to the outside. Escobar comes in and hits a splash onto them. Um, Ray Mysterio goes up top. He gets a leg drop on Jimmy, but De- Jay dives in to break up the pinfall. Uh, Escobar gets super kicked. Uh, Ray throws Jay to the outside, goes for the 619. Jay breaks it up, hits an Uso splash, and I was like, no! <laughs> but thankfully, it was just a two. The Usos go up top. But in amongst all this, here comes Owens and Zayn. Owens takes the ref. Zayn interferes. That allows Ray to hit the 619 on Jimmy. Escobar hits a splash. One, two, three. The Usos lose. They fail their tribal chief, who is uh, pissed off. Uh, disappointed Roman Reigns is the last shot we see. And him sort of mumbling and ranting to Solo so Sikoa.
2: Yeah, nice booking this. And I'm going to even defend Babyface's kind of acting like heels to make it so. The LWO have lost... So much more than they've won that you've seen some discussion that, well, they're already beaten into the ground. Mm. They might have an over-T-shirt or they might have some iconography that they can lean on. But ultimately, when the matches happen, when push comes to shove they lose and you, you can't back them. I think part of that early shaky start was to set up things like what happened to Backlash and what happened here. Yeah. They've had to, um, you can't just slap the identity on them and make them winners. They've had to grow into the increased mm. spotlight and grow into the role. Rey Mysterio, he's so fantastic as this elder statesman guy that is helping bring them along. Yeah, it doesn't hurt, by the way, that the man's a freak. Like to run around with the pace, like those these like sort of hot tags and these like frant- frantic last five minutes of a man of like Ray's increasing age. The mask, as we've always said, makes him ageless. But he's what now, like... Interesting, it was, oh, Google that, yeah. It 48, was, late 40s, early 50s, and he runs around at the pace of somebody in their mid-20s, and those knees, like, completely betray the career he's had in the best possible way. And it does, it elevates, you know, this rising tide is elevating the LWO sh- uh, uh, shift. I'm going to say that one again. Rise. This rising tide raises the LWO ships. Mm. Because you I don't want that bleep counting against me and the swearing thing. <laughs> and... I think they needed to suffer those losses for this win to matter as more because when you said no, I thought it too because they they can beat them; they've beaten them before, and it was super effective in that sense. On Zayn and Owens cheating to help them win, Zayn at this point especially has made it crystal clear that Night of Champions comes and they are washing their hands of the bloodline. So, what last bit of business can they get in the mix of before that tag match? This they can stir the pot. Sammy, at the start of the show, said that, and he believed it, that the Usos are better than Roman Reigns. Yeah. He isn't forcing them to lose because he thinks they're losers. He doesn't. He's forcing them to lose because he wants that situation, that combustible situation, to be confronted. So I don't think it's like that heelish of the baby faces to cheat here in this context. I can understand out of context why you might think it so, but I just think this ties quite neatly with what he said in the, the show opening promo.
1: And the problems for the bloodline continue.
2: I th- love it. It's good stuff. It is. It's like they've they've definitely, they've they've got a believer in me again with this, like, this match at very least on a Saturday. Mm. I will, from the other side,
0: uh, the <laughs> of the
2: world, be uh, attempting to make time to watch this because I am absolutely on the hook for the Breakfast result.
1: Breakfast stuff that for you, wouldn't it be?
2: Oh, yeah. Well, yeah, because I was probably going to have one early start on the Saturday, but like... That's for losers that want to get up and watch the championship yeah, playoff yeah, final. Who likes and I was, football? Well, I was never even interested, and in that's just shut up about it. Um <laughs> So, like, that can be... Night of Champions can be my early start. Bre- <laughs> Breakfast of Champions.
1: <laughs> <laughs> Let us know your thoughts uh, on SmackDown, on Twitter, at whatculturewwe Well, actually, you can follow both of us. You can follow Michael Hamlet at... Michael Hanflett. Follow me at Adam Wilborn. Follow us all at What Culture WWE. As I said, uh, and make sure you subscribe to What Culture Wrestling wherever you get your podcasts from for daily wrestling podcasts. Me and Sid will be here later on uh, to review AEW Rampage, and then we we'll all be back to look ahead to Monday Night Raw. But for now, this has been the SmackDown Hour review. My thanks to you, Michael Hamblett. My thanks to you for joining us, and we will see you soon.